in-depth conversations, matchup breakdowns, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Before we get to the defense here, Colin, segment two, fourth down in the Steel City. Yeah. How about our man, Doran Dickerson? He made maybe the best point of the day on the fan morning show today when he said, look, Najee doesn't look as quick as he used to. We talked about him putting on more muscle. It ain't always the best thing for a guy's frame if he's putting on more muscle. I saw Trey Essex was critical of um, – uh, Najee Harris as well. Yes, he was. said that the line blocked the way they should have on a couple plays, especially that first play that I talked about from scrimmage, and he just didn't do what he needed to do. All respect to Doran, and I think he might be right, but to a degree, could it be more the Liz Frank and that yeah. he came back from that early, so. and it's that situation? I think so. That's, that's what I've always felt, but it's hard for me to say because I wasn't watching training camp practices. I did see preseason game number three, uh-huh. which looked like crap. Uh-huh. He didn't look like the guy. I got a question. Uh-oh. I got a question. Uh-oh. This is one that involves, like, you ever do one of those Twitter searches where you, I, I did this before, where you on purpose search the wrong word to see how many people like. Oh, yeah, we did that before with Perguins. Oh, Perguins, yes. And then there's also the one, um, oh, what's the one when guys get, uh, when kids get, uh, they get a um, extended an offer from a from a school. Oh, what was national the letter of intent? Yeah, yeah, but they use a word that's the exact opposite of oh, I forget. Anyway, anyway, here's one: How many people watching football on Sundays, mm-hmm. percentage wise, think that Liz Frank is L I Z? Oh yeah, space F R A N K. Give me oh, a percentage yeah. that if I were to if I were to say like let's say Nance and Romo. We're doing the national game, and there's millions of people watching. How many do you think think it's spelled a percentage? Liz Frank, like the like a name, like a a, a proper name. Twenty percent. Oh, I'm going thirty-five. You're going I think higher. Country's dumber than you think. Liz Frank is uh-huh. a bitch. She is, but you think it's just twenty percent? I think twenty percent's a huge number. I do. I think, there, there's a lot of dumb people out there. If it were 35%, frankly, I wouldn't be all that surprised. I, Because I've seen this all the time. Who is the person who passed away recently who wasn't the queen? The queen's taking all of the headlines for passing away. She's such a huge deal. Someone else passed away recently. And, oh, you know who it was? It was Vin Scully. And people thought his name was Vince Cully. <laughs> and yes. If you search Vince Cully on Twitter, people just totally butcher it. It's hilarious. Yes, yes. I go 35%. Liz Frank. 35%. Yeah. We're definitely not as smart as you think we are. No, we're not. We're not. Because Do you know how to spell Liz Frank the injury? L-I-S-F-R-A-N-C. I'm just asking. Oh. I'm not offering. See, this is my insecurity showing. I felt like I had to prove myself. My bona fides, if you will. Uh Uh-huh. Bona fides. All right. What were you saying? I was just saying that Najee Harris's foot's all screwed up. Yeah, the defense. Let's do it. I thought they played well. I thought they played well enough to win more times than not in 2022. But I was also irritated 
they have to be perfect for this offense. And it's probably not fair to hold any defense, any side of the ball to this standard. But I thought, I mean, Akella Witherspoon, my man, what are you doing? Oh, not good. The How word was jump? a part, by the way, that means different. Like, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of the Pitt football family. Oh, people yeah. are A-P-A-R-T. Means the exact opposite of what you're trying to say. You know what? A part and a part. I have a buddy who I went to college with. He was my roommate for three years. Uh Nicest guy in the world. Most fun person I've ever met, probably. Dumb as a toe. He thinks that it's not mine as well. He thinks it's minus, like M-I-N-U-S space Uh well. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. I get hit by that with him all the time. I had somebody once say on the air that I was working with that they were getting tickets to Circus Olay. <laughs> well, this this might actually be this might actually be the best one because <coughs> my wife she thought it was Frank O'Harris. Oh, that's she good. she made him Irish the whole yeah. time. You know, the guy with Franco's Italian army, yes. he was really Frank O apostrophe Harris. He was a part of that ceremony uh, not too long ago. A-P-A-R-T, not A space P-A-R-T, right? Minus well retire his number. Sure. I can blame the defense. Might as well retire after that. He might as well retire. I can blame the defense a little bit for yesterday's game. I'm not... I'm not saying they deserve more than the offense. I'm not saying they deserve more than the coordinator of the offense. But to give up six minutes and 33 seconds worth of a drive at the end of the game, I don't care who's out there. I don't care if it's Jason Worlds instead of TJ Watt. I don't care. Six and a half minutes as the ball gets drilled down your throat. I can't let them off the hook. Not the reason necessarily they lost the game, but I cannot let the defense off the hook because they'll last 633. I see where you're coming from. I I just always, and it's an old, I equate it to golf. You know, you don't draw pictures on the scorecard. You just write a number down. Yeah. And I write a number down, and if I make four and it's par, it's par. Nobody cares that I had a, a ridiculous sand save or that I hit it right in the <laughs> middle of the fairway. It's a four. And when I write 17 down, as in points against, that just should be enough for me to win a National Football League game. I get your point. You need to get off the field and give your football team the the football back. But the other part for me was, even though it was low scoring, there seemed to be ample possession and ample time and opportunity for the offense before then. Yeah, the offense punted a couple of times right before that when the defense did make stops. The only thing I don't like hearing from Steelers fans, and maybe this is something that just accrues over time because in week one they got absolutely drubbed in time of possession. But in this game, oh, they were on the field too long. Well, actually, if you look at the difference at the time of possession, they were on the field that long because of the six-minute and 33-second drive. Like that's That was the difference in the time of possession. So... I'm not going to put it all on the defense. I'm not even going to come close to putting it all on the defense. But I just, as a football fan born in Pittsburgh, where one time in during the AFC Championship game in 08, I was at the game. I had Ravens fans behind me, and they were screaming defense. I turned around to them. I said, we invented defense because I'm a jag. How did that go over? 
they were friendly. They knew they were getting their butt kicked. They knew they weren't going to win the game. Did you then try to board the Ravens team bus? I did. Yeah, I did. Yes, I am. A, I'm a big. I'm a big instigator. And those were my t- see. It doesn't do anything for me now, calling this Steelers Ravens rivalry. Like I, if I went, I probably wouldn't even get in anybody's face. And what fun is that? Right. Well, I, you know, like back to that defense thing, though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But isn't this more of a? And look, we've been blessed with takeaways. I mean, hell, we got six through two games, right? But that said, I just sometimes you're just like, look, we've kind of done enough. Um, yeah. And we've done enough over the first eight quarters. Gunner's stupid face can't catch the ball. Yeah, I get it. I understand it. But if you say that he's he notched a pass breakup, then I mean it's a positive stat defensively. Oh no. I actually I blame Gunnar Olszewski more oh, than oh. I blame Cam Sutton. Like Cam yeah. Cam Sutton, that's a play you should make, but it's a play a defensive back's not gonna make every time. Uh, it just it just isn't. Gunnar Olszewski's making $2.1 million to catch a punt. We heard booze yesterday, okay? And I yes. agree with you. Gunnar Olszewski is – there's. I, I don't think enough people are talking about there's a reason that Belichick, who loves special teams, let Gunnar Olszewski walk. Like, yeah. yeah. If you break up with a chick who's super hot, everyone's going to be like, oh, dude, you're such an idiot. Nah, she was stealing from me and snorting cocaine off my bar in my basement. Not that I have any experience there. Go on, Go Colin. On. Um, I was talking about uh, the crowd. And I, mm-hmm. we heard the crowd call for Kenny Pickett's name, right? Call for Kenny Pickett. Mike Tomlin said he didn't hear it. Okay, I believe it. <laughs> but let's get to I thought he the, cut his eyelids off, not his ears. Right, both. Yes, earmuffs. But let's get to the heart of the matter. How long until – I think the Steelers are lucky to play in a way. Then they come home for the Jets. Will disinterest – ever way like way into this we'll we'll get to the point of disinterest because people are still engaged people are still excited people went down there and they yelled for their favorite quarterback which was number eight for the most part but when will they say you know what hell i ain't going and they'll get fifty-one thousand people down there boy i think it would have to be i think it would have to be where they're like two and five so not that far in the future and two and five and married to Mitch Trubisky. Like if they're two and five or three and six and Kenny Pickett's been inserted into the, into the game every week, fine. Your people are going to be interested because there's the future out on the field. But if they stink and Mike Tomlin is committed to giving Kenny Pickett or Pickett a red shirt year, right? That's when I think we would start to see some big swaths of empty seats. Hmm. I probably agree with you. Um, but you know what? If Mitch Trubisky, like, let's say that they, let's say they win or lose and Mitch Trubisky's not the reason for the Cleveland game. But it's not a blowout one way or the other. But he's not the reason. He shows improvement, which won't be hard to do. Um, and then he comes back and they play the Jets, right? And he has a three and out or he throws an interception. It's going to be bad for him. Real oh bad. yeah oh yeah they will i mean the fans the fa- turning on the team i think will take some time turning on mitch trubisky has already happened i, I mean that you had you had a big big chant for kenny pickett and i i got it from the fans perspective i don't i don't necessarily love 
voicing it, but they paid for the tickets. That's fine. Do whatever you want to do. But I, I get why the thought would go through all the fans' heads. They've seen it now. They saw it all last year. The offense sucked. They saw it the year before they won games somehow, but the offense sucked. Now it's on year three. There was promise. Oh, maybe it was Ben's fault. He's gone. Let's see what happens now. And it still stinks so freaking bad that you you have to look for the the other avenue. It's not like you can ch- chant blame Canada like it's South Park and they're going to fire that guy into the sun. Matt Canada is going to be the offensive coordinator all season long. The one change that could be made is your first round pick playing. It shouldn't take a miracle or whatever the reverse of that is for your first round pick to play. You know, it might be a good topic that you're going to hear right here on fourth down in the steel city. Are we trying it out for the morning show right now? No, I just, I I was thinking about this today. I had some time. My kids were in an activity and I was thinking if you could infuse just one Steeler in his prime onto this football team, who would it be? Because even if it was Ben, the line woes don't help. Right. If it, is it maybe Mike Webster? Is it maybe, uh, is it Vanica? Is it like for as non-sexy as a lineman is, but then that's just one guy. That's why it's a fascinating question, Colin, because, you know, anybody can go quarterback and maybe young Ben, he can survive this line. We saw him, we saw him survive lines. I mean, that's the answer, but let's say you take quarterback out of the equation It tells you, I I don't know if I'd pick a quarterback, even if I could. But the thing is, I think that I think it shows the depth of their issues Yes. where if it's not a quarterback, like it could be Mike Webster. And I think your offensive line's still not good. Uh, It could be Alan Fanica and your offensive line is still not good. I, I, I don't know what I would do. I may, you know what I would honestly probably do is double down on defense. And just say, you know, blunt. we're we're going to win harder on this side. I'll take James Harrison and I'll put him on the opposite side of TJ Watt. We'll, we'll win Joe Green. Yeah, right. Exactly. We'll win. Yeah, that's the better call. We'll win games nine to six, baby. Let's go. I think it's a great sitting around a bar having a beer question. And I'm talking every Steeler in history in their prime, because what it does do is, like you just said, it accentuates the lack of an easy or even mid-range fix for this team. Yeah. There's a hard fix that needs to be had with this football team. You could take one, you could take a Hall of Fame player right now and infuse him on this football team and plug him, plug and play, and know what you're getting from that guy. I don't know how much it skews the win total. You know what? I figured it out. Former Steeler in his prime. Byron Leftwich, just have him sit up in the press box, call plays, bang, let's go. Not bad. Not bad. Maybe the best offensive mind. You may hear that topic again, by the way, on your traditional radio and on uh, your Odyssey app. Yeah, I love that topic. It's on. I think it might be easier for me to discuss this now, not at, I don't know, 6.30 in the morning when I'm thinking clearly, but eh, we'll, we'll do it then, too. Mm-hmm. Up next. Steelers, Browns, what does it mean? Does it mean what it used to? We'll get to that next. Fourth down in the Steel City. Bang. In-depth conversations. Matchup breakdown. Analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This 
is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth down in the Steel City. The Steelers drop to one and one after losing to the New England Patriots. I'm Adam Crowley. He's Colin Dunlap. And a place nearby the Hampton Beer Outlet, Colin, is they got a sign on their beer for 10% ABV or higher so that you can drink your Matt Canada sorrows away. That was the sign that was up on the beer. I yeah. love this damn town. I know. I got a text from the owner, Bill Shaner. Great guy, one of the all-timers, and he he's not a fake fan. Like, he lives and dies with it, right? Big hockey fan, big Steeler fan, all of it, Pirates fan. And he texted me a picture of the display, and I said, well, and that's, I mean, for people that don't know or aren't drinkers or aren't beer drinkers, 10% ABV is get you drunk beer. I mean, oh, yeah. like five point, it's pretty much double. Like 5.1 generally is like a light beer or something in and, in and around there, about right at five. So it's get you drunk beer. So anything, and I, what did he do? It's a, it's just a, an end cap. It looks like with the drink your Matt Matt Canada sorrows away beer. I love it. Uh, people are in full meltdown mode, and you know, I can't blame them. I can't blame them at all. Well, who do you blame? And should the end cap? say drink your Mitch Trubisky sorrows away or should it be your drink your offensive line sorrows away or should it be drink your Mike Tomlin sorrows away what do you who do you place the most blame on for the offense here because they've scored just one touchdown in two games that ain't good enough how about drink your offensive woes away but I do think it starts this is crazy I think it starts with Mike Tomlin and am I allowed to to mention Art the second here Am am I allowed to go there a little bit because I don't think enough people in town have. It's easy to blame Matt Canada, but when Matt Canada gets called, what's he going to say? No, I don't want to be the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> it's easy to blame Mitch Trubisky, but, you know, even we wish away that he would be a better quarterback, we'd know what he was going in. Um, They're the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not – they're not, you know uh, – Westmont Hilltop in Johnstown. They're the Pittsburgh Steelers. One would think that they could afford an unbelievable offensive coordinator, an up-and-comer, a big-time guy, (coughs) excuse me, and one would think that Mike Tomlin would want that guy. On the other side, something as big as a coordinator would have to be cleared through Art II. Why wouldn't Art II say, it's our duty as the Pittsburgh Steelers to go out and find the best offensive coordinator that there is. I find it impossible to believe that, and I don't know who the available uh, names were, but I find it impossible to believe that Matt Canada, who was the assistant to the guy that failed, that was the best available after they fired the guy that failed. Yeah. There's two options when you hire an offensive coordinator, far as I'm concerned, you either get somebody who's done the job for a long period of time and bounced around because at least they've got a track record, they've got experience, or you go get the young hotshot that is trained behind the guy that is the guy, right? Like Sean McVay. Matt Canada was behind Randy Feetner. Before that, he was bouncing from college to college. That's not the template for the guy you hire as your offensive coordinator. And the reason why I'm circling around this man today is because last year the offense looked 
exactly the same. The results were exactly the same. Maybe a little flair this year here and there that's different than last year. They don't attack the middle of the field. Up-tempo is the only thing that seems to work. On the Steelers' seven-play touchdown drive, five of the plays came from no huddle, and they didn't go back to it again at that point after. They kicked a field goal earlier in the game, and they ran some no huddle. This was the problem last year. When you actually took Matt Canada out of the equation a little bit, the offense got better, and then he was loath to go there more frequently. I can't get past blaming that guy. They've got a bunch of issues. The quarterback's probably one, too. We'll get to him. But to me, they've definitely got the wrong guy at offensive coordinator, and they're just simply not going to fire him during the year. Matt Canada is the Mason Rudolph of offensive coordinator. Oh, man. When you whenever you go and you lay out what his what his place in the game is in the NFL, he's a guy that got a chance and failed, and he's a guy that's mired behind the good guys, and a guy who you wonder and you say, why is that guy getting a chance? Well, he's a hanger honor in the league. That's what Matt Canada has turned into after just a couple of years, a hanger honor in the league, and he's the Mason Rudolph of offensive coordinators. Nobody's lined up to trade for Mason Rudolph, despite all the reports that people would line up to trade for Mason Rudolph. If Matt Canada lost his job tomorrow, he's not on an offensive staff this year in the NFL. No one's bringing him in to consult with. He's not going to be an NFL offensive coordinator prediction here ever again after he's inevitably fired or retired by the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not going to happen. And to me, You hire guys who look at your organization as a stepping stone. Why is ambition such a bad thing? Why why shouldn't you root for a guy to come in, have three or four unreal seasons where you have crazy success and then you leave? It hasn't worked out, but this is why I, I like the pit hire of Capel in basketball. I thought at the time, oh boy, this guy could go to Duke. Okay, so what? If he goes to Duke, that means he's great. That means he did exactly what you want. Think of these guys. Like, um, you know, Ike Hellier, gone. He's Sean Surrett, gone. Um, You know, uh, Randy Feetner, gone. Guys like that. The guy that went to uh, UTEP that was the offensive line coach, gone. The guy was from uh, upstate New York, gone. Uh, and none of these guys ever graduated to a better job. They didn't, nobody it comes here that is a Steelers position coach and then becomes the offensive line or that then becomes an offensive coordinator somewhere. Nope. This is particularly true on the offensive side of the ball. There is nobody, nobody that even we even hear about team requested an interview to talk to whomever to become a coordinator. It, why is that? You know, look, I get it on defense. And even on defense, nobody was lining up to hire Keith Butler. That wasn't happening. No. He was going to be a Steeler coach, and that's what he was. Nobody's really hiring Jerry Osavsky. Uh, Nobody's lining up to hire, you know, back way back in the Joey Porter, who worked his way out of town, that Mike Tomlin hired as a friend. It is a – people are freaking lying to themselves if they don't think it's a story – that Mike Tomlin has coached in this in the National Football League for a decade and a half, and he has uh, no uh, no identifiable coaching tree. It is a joke. I think part of it on the offensive side, because I do think it's more of an offensive problem, 
is you look at Randy Feetner, and in 2019, the offense was dreadful, and it looked exactly the same way as it did last year. And then it's looked exactly the same way for the first two games of this season. I think Mike Tomlin's telling these OCs, listen, we've got a great defense. We've got a quarterback whose arm was falling off in Ben, and now one that we're afraid is going to turn the football over. Let's just be conservative. And I'm wondering if you're just going to have a hard time hiring coaches if you are the conservative defensive head coach. That makes sense, except this. Here's where I, I run along with you, I run along with you, and then you can go over the cliff if you want, but I stop dead in my tracks. Your theory makes a lot of sense, except Mike Tomlin is also intimately involved in the draft, and he has not built his team to be conservative on offense because he's not infused any line. So that's the part I don't understand. He went and he okayed because the head coach had to. Okay, a quarterback being taken first overall. He went out and he okayed the first pick um, just the last year because they didn't have a first-round pick as Chase Claypool. You know, I buy your theory and I like it a lot. But And he may even be telling people that. But he hasn't built his team to operate as such on offense because if you're going to play that way, you better draft linemen. Well, we do know that, and you should draft linemen. I mean, you, you and I are both in agreement on that. We know that Mike Tomlin – he really didn't want Ben Roethlisberger to come back. Uh, he wanted to move on before. We also know that, yes, they're drafting the skill position talent, but they didn't believe in Ben at the end because Mike Tomlin didn't want him around. So clearly he didn't believe in him. So I think he was telling them, eh, maybe be a little be a little conservative with Ben around. And then I think with Mitch Trubisky, as much as they say they believe in Mitch Trubisky, they believe in him to a point. They believe that if asked, he can not turn the football over. And they believe they're good enough defensively to win games that way. I will change my tune if Kenny Pickett comes in and the offense changes. If Kenny comes in and they say, okay, let's play some big boy football the way you got to win in 2022, then I think I'll change my theory. But I'm not so sure they're going to do that because when he does come in, he's still going to be a rookie quarterback. I don't want to be reactionary, and I actually want to be positive. But the more I sit and really think about the depth of this, I, I'm i having a hard time being positive. And I've turned like a new leaf over the past four or five years. I've become a pretty positive guy, and I look at a lot of the positives in life, and especially in football and things that we cover. I just don't know why I'm supposed to believe that the Steelers have things fixed, that everybody – for the past 16 months have said are broken except the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what other way to put it. There's nothing they do well offensively. It's why I, this is early for this, but I guess we can do it since we're not going to have a podcast again until after the Cleveland game. I think you're going to Cleveland lose Colin because Cleveland, at least they're not a good football team right now. I don't think they have a pretty good roster just like Pittsburgh. They at least know what they want to be on offense. And they're actually pretty good at it. They run the ball. They've got guys who blow you off the ball, and they're going to run it, if not just with one guy, with two guys. What do the Steelers do well on offense? Yeah, that's There's a really a good call. Thing. What, is, what is their offensive identity? If you told somebody to watch the first eight quarters of the Pittsburgh Steelers and even the last I did five games last year and say, what is their identity? What do they do? Now, it's, it's tougher to formulate an identity a lot of times in the pros than it is college. You go to college and – 
this is an option team. This is a belly option team. This is a wishbone team. This is an air raid team. This is, it's easy in college, right? But in, in, you at least have a template in the pros. We know what Patrick Mahomes is. We, we know what he does, right? We know what um, the Cincinnati Bengals are, okay? And even though they're 0-2. We know what the Bills are for sure. But when you ask somebody, even people that are intimately follow this game, you say, like, the Steelers are, <laughs> maybe they run the football a little bit, and their passing game seems to be built a lot on hope up the rail. Like, I think- hope that we jump and catch the football. I think the identity is risk averse. <laughs> like that is, that's what they're trying to be. Is and make just, a great play interspersed with that. Right. And you're going to ask your quarterback to do nothing. And then when it's a weighty down, you're going to ask him to do everything. And then the skill position guys that you did draft, they've got to go out there and make plays. When you, I think it can be a good thing when you don't have one dude. Like, A.B. was the dude. I think it can be a good thing when you've got five or six options because you can keep the defense guessing. Problem is, I don't think the offensive coordinator sees it that way. And I don't know if – I don't – I'm having a hard time blaming Mitch Trubisky. I want to blame Mitch because I know he has played better in the past. But I'm having a hard time here because what – what I'm seeing, yeah, some of the All-22 came out today, and I watched some of the clips that people have been circulating. Mitch did miss a couple of guys who were open in his reads. There's no doubt about that. There's also some stuff that, like George Pickens not being being schemed open by Matt Canada is a travesty to me. And I well, can't put not that Not going on. double tights and curling a, double, a tight end back to you in the middle of the field is a travesty. Uh, it is. Not going and... If you're going to play the fullback, just play the fullback and use them traditionally. Right. You, you know, I, like I was thinking about this today just before we came on. And it, I don't think it's a stretch. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the greatest athletic catch in Steelers history away from <laughs> being 0-2. Oh, yeah. It, they got the best individual catch in Steelers history, which was the Deontay Johnson catch along the sideline. If that doesn't happen, they're 0-2. Which is in that right there in a very vital, pivotal moment in the football game was built on hope. Let's hope our guy makes a ridiculous play. But you know what? It should be more predicated on hope in a way because do that a little bit more. Because Deontay Johnson, he's not going to make that play probably ever again, but he can make plays. He made one on the two-point conversion. George Pickens purportedly can make plays. Chase Claypool in the middle of the field as a slot receiver? What are we doing here? That guy can make plays. Pat Fryermuth, Gentry, Najee Harris was actually effective when he caught the ball in this game. You've got dudes who can make plays. Not dudes who, boy, I don't want to throw it there. Oh, gee, we could lose the game. How about you use their talents and their immense to go win the game? How about that? I'm getting the sense that Mitch Trubisky starting to be a little frustrated because yes. he also doesn't want the heat. He doesn't want people chanting someone else's name, but he wants to be a team player for now because he doesn't have a whole lot of juice in this town yet, and he hasn't played well. But what he kind of wants to say is like, this isn't freaking me. Like, they're not letting me do what they – they sold me a different car when I was coming here, man. 
Colin, you brought this up today, but Pat Fryermuth was not exactly kind to Matt Canada in the post game, and neither was Deontay Johnson. And Mitch was more political about it, but he was questioning the plays in his way as well. I mean, that's three guys right off the top of my head that were not happy with the way things were called. And of course, there's execution problems too, but if you've got dissension in the ranks, Two games in when you're one and one, what does that say for the projection of this offense now going forward? Yeah, it's never getting fixed. It's never getting fixed this yep. year. My, uh, Matt Canada is playing out the string, whether it's seven games, nine games, or 17 games. He's playing out his string, and there'll be another coordinator here next year. I hope you're right because he sucks. Yes. Coming up next, does the defense bear any responsibility for the loss? <laughs> we just killed the offense for 17 minutes. We'll get to the defense coming up next. Fourth down in the Steel City. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This it's fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. It's fourth down in the Steel City, segment three. This serves as the Patriots breakdown. Yes. Post, the post-game pod. Post it also serves as the pre-game pod before the Steelers and the Browns. A game that I think the Steelers are going to lose. Colin, you're a man who does not have an affinity for the city of Cleveland. Why is that? Hate it. Hate it. I would cut it off like you see in those cartoons sometimes where they cut off a, like a piece of the map and it flo- and I would just push it across Lake Erie and give it to Mexico. Or, pardon me, Canada. Um, good geography there. Whoever but, wants it. Yeah, I was thinking Alamo for a second. But I would give it to Canada. Push it right across Lake Erie. Here you go. It's yours. We don't even want anything. I'll tell you exactly why. And it's not a put on. It's not some, oh, Cleveland Cleveland versus um, Pittsburgh radio shtick or whatever. I was a junior in high school. Think, sophomore, one of the two. Junior, I believe. And it was one of the last years that I graduated high school in 95. So it would have been like the year before then, right? And the Steelers were playing the Browns. And there were like five of us. We went up there. We were not idiots. We were not uh, showy. We were not talking any smack because we knew the lay of the land. Like you went up, you mind your business. I believe we may have had uh, a couple of us Steelers starter parkas at the time. <laughs> uh, Those were the best. Oh, and they were, I still have one, actually. They were functional, too. You know? So we go up to the game. Again, 1,000% minding our business. Get out of the car, walk 10 steps. Full on beer right in the middle of us. Bang. Just lands. Well, I mean, okay, it is what it is. We're 17 years old. We keep on walking. The grown ass men that tried to incite a fight for simply walking to your seats and then the whole game, I get uh, gamesmanship and I get all that sort of like, but that was the first like ugly NFL crowd situation. And we weren't going to fight. We were scared to death of anything that would happen if we'd get in trouble. We weren't going to leave because we drove all the way to Cleveland. 
We weren't going to run away because we're you have we have testosterone. So we were just like <laughs> in this vortex of like, what do we do? We just kind of stand here and take it a little bit. We don't give it back because we didn't want to get just absolutely pummeled by you know fifty thousand people. But it was just it was barbarian and ridiculous because it was totally unsolicited. Like there was no reason to treat people that way who you were offered, just existing who offered no resistance we were going to offer no we just went to what wanted to go watch a football game in a different place and i get it i understand it i got the rivalry but from that moment on never a benefit of the doubt for anybody from cleveland any cleveland browns fan anything about cleveland because there were like regular proper people around us the whole time women guys with kids, whatever, that at any time could have said that he assorted 20 people. Mm. Like, hey, knock it off. These kids are just watching the game. And again, we were 17-year-old kids. These are 50-year-old men jagging us off, throwing stuff at us, spitting on us. And it were, nobody gets the benefit of the doubt because of the guilt by association. There were masses and hordes of people standing by our seats that could have just been like, hey, guys, lay off here, you know? Right. And – I am far from, look, if you want to fight, like I'm first guy a lot of times sign up for it in my younger days. But it was just entirely out of line because it was, I think about this a lot. I've never been in a more no-win situation in my life. Oh, yeah. There was nothing, if you get, if you stand there and you take it at that old Cleveland Stadium, everybody's laughing at you. And they did the whole game. If you fight back, you're getting swallowed up by hundreds of people and the hell beat out of you. Then you got to drive home with a busted eye and your head kicked in. <clears throat> so that's why I hate them. I mean, and it's, and it's actually absolutely, and I'm sure there's great people in Cleveland. I'm sure there's wonderful people, but no one stepped in that day. I'd like to think if I was at, at um, Akersher, whatever, stadium, and there were... High school kids from Baltimore, high school kids from Cleveland, from Cincinnati, and some goof was acting like a jerk to these kids. Going back and forth in good fun is good fun. But if someone was saying vile stuff and throwing stuff at them, I'd like to think right now at 45 years old, I'd say, hey, buddy, look, I like the Steelers too, but come on. Come on, these kids, they're, they're not doing anything to you. Let's just come on. So it's real for me. Yeah, it sounds like it would be real for me too. I've been to Cleveland more times than anybody really should go to Cleveland. There is a contingent of my mother's family that lives out there. And they're not, we, we see them like once every couple of years for reunions. Nice enough people. They'll always jag us. But so I've been out there a bunch. We actually went out there once. We were wearing pirate stuff. The Yankees are playing at the time, the Indians. It was when A-Rod was going through to hit his 600th home run. We were huge baseball fans. We said, let's go see some history. Maybe we'll catch the ball. Maybe we'll be rich. Maybe we won't have to go to college and we can drink our faces off. So we went out there and the amount of crap we got for wearing pirate stuff, pirate stuff at an Indians game. It was remarkable, Colin. Uh, why would anybody hate me, a lowly pirates fan? And yet they did. So I'm you right. You should have just taken it off and been like, oh, look, 
Nobody really cares about them this much. Anyway, we could have the shirt. Yeah, it's true. You know what? Let me get a Grady Sizemore jersey. I'm in. Let's have some fun. I'll join your team. Why the sure. hell not? You're right. Ricky Long shirt. Yes. Hey, Brian Giles. Hey, whoa. I just, I found it. Jose Mesa? Well, how did it, how did it end? Like, how did it end? It wasn't like one of those things where we were any, ever in any danger. But we just kept getting crap all night long. And actually, what may have been the saving grace, Colin, it was on ESPN all night in the next day. Somebody that night, it was right after LeBron left Cleveland. Somebody wore a LeBron James basketball Miami Heat jersey. Of course, it was basketball. And they had to escort him out. People were throwing stuff at him. It was like a huge thing. They really feared for his safety. So people forgot about us pretty quickly. Well, long story short, like, I get it. I know how Oakland Raiders fans used to be. I know how Boston fans can be, whatever. Uh, when I talk about my disdain for Cleveland, it is absolutely – and I know about sports radio shtick. I get it. You're not there that guy. None. You're not that guy. There's You're none. Not, there no. is absolutely none for me. I uh, Somebody – a lot of people had the chance to do the right thing that day when we're like 17-year-old kids not bothering anybody, and no one did, and it sucked. Unfortunately, I think it's going to suck on Thursday, too. I don't think the Steelers are going to win the game. Tell me uh, why. Tell me why, because I might be a little bit more positive than you. The Browns, they know who they are, and their quarterback stinks. The Steelers don't know who they are, and their quarterback stinks. I think the Steelers' defense is better but with the then the Browns defense and Miles Garrett did get banged up at the end of the game. So it might be no Watt, no Garrett. We'll find out as the week progresses. But what the Browns do well is run the ball. And now I'm not convinced that the Steelers run defense is fixed after seeing the last 633 of that New England Patriots game. So I'll give the Browns a slight edge. Plus it's at home. If it were at Acrisure, I'd think the Steelers might pull it out. But uh, I don't have a good feeling about this one. I think Steelers are going to win. I think Mitch Trubisky is going to have a big game and screw up all narratives. I'd love that. Let's kick it I down the could. road. That can. That Kenny yeah. Pickett can. Kick it down the road. That's good for talk radio. Oh, I think I, – I do. I think he's going to have a big game. And I actually think – I mean, I mean, the Browns have a quarterback problem. I, I don't see the Browns needing to rest on a quarterback and getting throws that they need to win a football game. Do you? I thought – that last week Jacoby Brissett played better than Mitch Trubisky and that's a hell of a bar. It's not, but that's, that's what he's facing this week. And I can only go off of what I've seen so far. I've always liked Brissett as a backup. Like he's a fine backup. I've always really liked Mitch Trubisky as what he is for the Steelers, which is a stopgap. Um, but what he's put on tape so far through two games, I can't get excited about. And I could get a little more excited about it if I were Cleveland. However, I mean, they just lost the most winnable game in NFL history. It was like 2,300 straight games where teams led by 13 or more with two minutes to go that they won. Right. And the Browns had a 99% chance of winning and they blew it. So what do I know? Maybe they're just losers and we'll always be losers. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I honestly, I think the Steelers are going to win this football game. And I think the Steelers are going to win something like, ba, 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 ba. Um, 26-19. 26-19. That's a barn burner by Steelers standards yep. at this time. I'll take the Browns 21-17. But they're, they're going to 
they're going to kick some field goals to get to 21. It's not going to be all touchdowns. Three Seven touchdowns. field goals? Not that many. Like, it'll be it'll be like 18 to 17, and then they'll kick a field goal at the end. Bang, 21-17. There's your final, gotcha. according to me. Colin, we'll break it down after the game on Friday. It's going to be a week. It is. Sure is. It is. Great stuff, Crowley. You too, pal. That's fourth down in the Steel City. Steelers, Browns, Thursday. That was your preview.